0: Welcome to the Polygon Show, I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I'm here today with Allegra Frank, Hello, nice. Chelsea Stark, Ew. and Ashley O. Somebody make a Yoshi sound. Yes. There it is, oh, there's really Ashley. Good. That was really good. Also, I apologize for whispering, because I did get an email pointing out that whispering is very bad audio for somebody who's listening on the subway and has to turn their (laughs) headphones up. And I am trying to be better about that from now on. But, hey, let's talk about video games. Oh, wait, no. We're not going to talk about video games. No, because we're going to talk about cartoons. Yay. Yay. So last week, uh, I said that we're going to talk about JRPGs. And that is still true in a very real sense. And I got a bunch of wonderful emails from all of you. And they're in my inbox. Right now. But then we remembered. Rotting away. Rotting away. Yes. Just decaying before my eyes. Digital <laughs> decay. Then we remembered. Ashley is on vacation this week. And we didn't want to talk about JRPGs without that Ashley. So.
1: it <laughs> <laughs> would be a crime though. That, that we, Ashley. Or any other Ashley. This, a- <laughs> this Ashley. This other Yoshi
0: Ashley. Any Ashley. We did dress up a Yoshi uh, in one of Ashley's shirts. And he is sitting next to me right now. But he... Does not appear to have played any JRPGs. He did not have anything mm. to say when I asked him, like what his favorites were.
2: He's also very shy, so I don't, I don't he's really super know if he's going to participate yeah. very much.
0: But yeah, so we'll if he does, if he does have anything to say, I'm, I'm sure he will express himself. But the point was, we had to wait for the real Ashley to get back because this is a, a sad substitute. So we decided to talk about cartoons instead. So you can look forward to conversation about My Hero Academia and Pokemon and also the new uh, The Dragon Prince from the writers of Avatar The Last Airbender. But first, I would like to tell you that this episode of The Polygon Show is brought to you by Microsoft Azure. Your business is built on bold ideas. Bring them to life faster, push them further, and scale them worldwide without skipping a beat using Microsoft Azure. Stay productive with familiar tools, develop and deploy where you want with a consistent hybrid environment and build engaging apps with intelligent features join the startups governments and 90% of fortune 500 businesses running on microsoft cloud by starting your free account at azure.com/trial that's a slash r e.com/trial all right everybody let's talk about some cartoons Chelsea, you have currently been enjoying the latest greatest thing in shonen anime,
1: My Hero Academia. Yeah, I've been binging it over the last couple weeks and am halfway through the third season. So went all the way from the beginning to the third season. Nice. Damn. It's extremely good. I I kind of knew that a lot of people were interested in it and excited about it, and I think the the final person to recommend it to us was our former intern Palmer. That was, was the last straw. The last well, it was just like the last person that I was like, okay, enough people have recommended it to me. I really want to watch this. I like shown in anime. I've already talked about liking Dragon Ball on this mm-hmm. show. So I was just like, this, yeah, I did it. It's very good. I'm I'm sorry that it took me this long.
0: I feel like a recommendation to watch something weighs about as third as much as a recommendation not to watch something. Mm -hmm. Because for every every person that's told me to watch My Hero Academia, I think there's like one person who's been like, you know, it's not that good. It doesn't really subvert as many shonen tropes as people say it does. (laughs) And somehow for me, that I whenever I think, ah, it's finally time for me to watch My Hero, I remember
2: that one recommend Mm. that one like anti
0: recommendation, and I'm like.
2: Maybe not today. I feel like because there's so many shows out there, like if you have any excuse not to add one to your pile, right? Yes. So like, even if it's just one person who like you barely even know and whose opinion doesn't really matter that much to you, it's like, which doesn't no. apply to Colin. Cause I, ex- I, I, I expect,
0: I respect their opinion greatly, but,
2: <laughs> but I totally agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But Chelsea, you are going to recommend it to us. I am.
1: <laughs> well, I will say the, the one like, Overall blanket caveat is that the episodes are I think like seventeen to twenty minutes long when you cut out the intro and like outro songs, which are very good, but still, so it's like very breezy, goes really fast. Mm -hmm. You'll get through it very quickly, and that's like I know the like the hurdle of starting a thing is really hard, but Mm -hmm. once you get into it, you'll be totally sucked in. I do think it does. I mean, yeah, we you just mentioned it, but I think it subverts a lot of the the tropes of the shonen. Like genre, which I, I mean, the biggest trope of that is like you have this hero that keeps getting stronger and keeps like overcoming their own limits. Like Goku is the big, the biggest example, Naruto, but just like someone who's like always becoming better and like beating someone back. And you have that main character here, Izuku Midoriya, who is this just like kind of helpless nerd at the start, who is like he should not be a hero, like by mm-hmm. all stretches of the imagination, and. When he does overcome his limits, he fucks himself up like really badly. And that's kind of like the, the saying like, hey, you can't always be a magical superhero that always manages to do this. There are like a lot of consequences. And throughout the series, people are warning him about these consequences and being like, this is hurting you or this is hurting people you love. It's like physically tearing you apart. just like, And I think that's one of the really interesting things I like about it. The, um, also the characters are all very emotional, like Mm. Midoriya's cries, like, every episode. Hell yeah. Which, I guess, is supposed to relate to me as a cancer, but, (laughs) um, but, like.
0: (laughs) You're learning about astrology! I am! so proud of you! All because of (laughs) you!
1: All because of you! Uh, yeah, I... I just like, he uh, he gets so emotional and I love it because he's such a sweet boy. And kind of, he forces everyone around him to get emotional too. Even like the tough, dumb character who's like really angry for no reason. It's just kind of nice. It's, it's mm-hmm. sweet and reminder that it's not all just like, whoa, we must be the most badass heroes.
0: We like, kind of touched on that last week, right? When we were talking mm-hmm. about uh, emotions for male characters and how like Persona in Japanese games in general kind of do that a lot more. Mm-hmm. Although I guess in, in Western, like TV shows especially, especially ones aimed at kids, there's a lot of time devoted to like learning how to explore and manage your emotions and express yourself. Um, but this is like a teen show, right? Yeah,
1: it's a teen show. And he's a kid in high school and, and like starting high school and going through one, just a lot of changes to his body as a normal teen and also... Is it a metaphor
0: for puberty? A little bit.
1: Okay, and one of the things I find really the most interesting about this show more than maybe other animes is the world that's built is so fascinating. So it's basically like, at this point, 80% of the human population has some quirk, some weird thing that has happened to them that they kind of all manifest themselves between like ages 10 to 13. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And like the society that presents and also like the weird quirks that some people have are so interesting and strange and and like they've done a lot of really interesting world building so i spend a lot of time like thinking about like how would this world work it's really fascinating and cool and it also leads to so many cool side characters that mm-hmm. are kind of unforgettable
0: and i gather like from from my cursory knowledge of the show not all the quirks are superhero quirks no
1: not everyone, I mean like most people are just normal citizens so they seem mm-hmm. to be have quirks that are just like, oh, I can see really far or yeah. like, but I can't, I wanna meet some like characters who are like, my, I don't know, my nails grow really fast or something. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean not really fast, just like, just something that's like, okay, this is kind of a strange thing, but not like superhero worthy. Yeah,
0: it exists and it's called Uzumaki. <laughs> <laughs> Content.
1: what shit what's that guy Junji Ito that, yes. yes yeah Uzumaki by Junji Ito <laughs> I'm sorry to I, that was not the kind of example I was leading to you know what I meant
0: <laughs> nails grow fast but in a cute way <laughs> in a cute way <laughs> I don't
1: know uh, now I've, I've now I've led I'm my brain sorry. into body horror and I don't want to go there <laughs> but I mean yeah the the idea that like superheroes are actually public servants they get a salary from the government that's like really interesting and they've built a lot of interesting ideas into it so it's like if you act just boldly and go forth and try to like stop someone and you don't have the authorization it's illegal and that's like really interesting
2: I like that
0: yeah I want to watch it
2: (laughs) I started watching it once when I was sad and sick or something um So probably two days ago, but no, uh, it was like a while back and I really liked it. I don't know why I didn't keep watching. It was so funny is what I
1: The first few episodes are a little tough because he's like fully in like whiny baby
2: stage. Yeah, I got to like episode four or something. I was like, it's starting to get really good. And then, I don't know, maybe it was that commitment fear thing. That's me with Shirobako,
0: right? Like a fucking perfect show. That I, for some ungodly reason, haven't finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, do you, are you familiar with Shirobako? I've heard about it. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it is an anime about, I think, four young women who are just getting started in the anime industry. There's, like, a voice actress, um, I think a writer or an illustrator, and a producer, and they're all just kind of going through this millennial malaise, working in an industry that creates the things that they love but like going through the growing pains of like okay but this is a day job yeah. and there are annoying people and it's hard work mm. and we're depressed and we're you know just trying to find ourselves as adults. It, it's is—it's so good! But I haven't finished <laughs> Also extremely relatable for us. Yeah. Exactly. So that yeah.
1: feels, maybe that makes it a little harder to watch because you're like oh god. I
0: didn't work at Polygon when I started watching it though. Oh. I was at Pixelkin. Um, I think we were trying to use it as motivation. It was like, okay, if we write a thousand words or something, then we get to watch an episode of Shirabaka, which was a bad fucking idea. should just marathon the show.
2: Um, cause you never wrote a thousand words. All right. Well, you we... wrote a hundred words and left I... after nine
1: days.
0: <laughs> Rude. <laughs> anyway. So my hero academia is on Hulu. You said
1: I, the, I watched two ep- seasons on Hulu and now I'm watching the third on fun and funimation. But, uh, our producer Jelani, just hit me to the fact that you can also watch it on VRV. Oh hey. So, which I mean, a bundles up funimation. So there's like a bunch of ways to watch it. Uh and yeah, like I said, it's really breezy and short. Is and it
2: just subbed or dubbed?
1: There's two? both. Uh I've uh you know why I watch dubs sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm watching the dub. Don't hate people. Uh but like is it, it good? It's good. It's a very good dub.
0: All right. Yeah. Because I have a problem. Like, I like to multitask while I watch shows. Yeah. So it is very hard for me. I, I usually do prefer subs, but it's very hard for me to say, OK, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch the show and I'm not going to be on my phone. And I'm not going to be on my computer. I'm not going to do anything except watch. And mm-hmm. obviously, I don't speak Japanese. So yeah. if I watch subbed anime, it has to be something that I'm focused entirely on, which I just don't do so much mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. So,
1: especially when it's something that's a in and it's very light and breezy, yeah, it, like doing a lot of extra work to read.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, that
1: sounds like I'm an idiot, but, I'm <laughs> uh, but but you know what I mean. Where it's just like, yeah, you're doing an extra level to just kind of take this whole thing in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, I will try to check it out. I promise for the 15th
1: time. We should just have a group watch where we all watch yeah. together. You know,
0: that's what I was doing with Shirobako and it didn't work out. Now I never finished the show. So you know what? Maybe I should just watch things alone.
2: Simone Chelsea. is literally rolling she all the way to the corner. She rolled seven feet from her microphone. Very far
3: away. It was so good
1: though. I really, You seem to be respecting your <laughs> listeners ears by not yelling as much. I'm trying really hard to be respectful. Wow. This is an email. An email okay.
0: from Gemma. Hey Polygon Show, here's the story I immediately thought of when I saw that this week would be Cartoons Week. When I was little, like five to six years old, my favorite show was Pokemon. I remember watching it all the time and even getting a clear purple Game Boy color with a Squirtle sticker on it for Christmas because my mom knew how much I loved the show. A few years ago in college, I was going through the anime phase most people go through in middle school, a result of only having dial-up and no cable until my junior year of high school, and I thought I'd go back to my old favorite, Pokemon. Pokemon. To my surprise, I found out that I remembered everything that happened in the seventh episode. The waterflowers of Cerulean City, like the entire plot, all of the characters involved, and even some of the dialogue. But it was only that episode. I remembered some things about other episodes, but only for the Cerulean City one did I remember everything. It's weird what our brains decide to hold on to through the years. Gemma. What a wonderful and a timely email, because... (laughs) Allegra is re-watching the Pokemon anime right now. And I would like I would actually like to quick note to Gemma. Um, don't worry, the anime phase does not go away. Sometimes it starts in middle school and then it goes away, and then it comes back mm-hmm. in college, um, and then it goes away again, but then it comes back again. Fun when you are in your mid twenties. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, it just doesn't go away. It just keeps coming back, and you just can't escape it. So, like, <laughs> tell us about Pokemon. Um,
2: so digital monsters. Oh my god! Wow. I know, so I know. That, that was, was blasphemous. like a, that I know. Was literally <laughs> violence. <laughs> um, <laughs> literal violence. Oh, welcome so, to hell. Uh, Pokemon obviously is really big in my life Um, and when I was growing up I also loved the anime a lot Um, and Twitch recently was doing one of its you know marathons that it does on Twitch Presents Mm -hmm. and so did the entirety I think it must still be going on the entirety of Pokemon from the very beginning and I tuned in like a couple days after it started so still in the first season so I was just kind of like wait this is not even bad and I like would have it on like while I was working and then sometimes I would like switch tabs after I finished like editing and then I would just like turn the sound back on and I was like this is a very funny and charming show wait you uh, really you're telling me huge Pokemon nerd Allegra Frank that you hadn't watched the anime at all since 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 uh probably high school. <laughs> I, I, was, I am shocked, too,
0: because I feel like this would be one of your, like, I was lying on the floor and I was sad and the Pokemon anime was playing all night long things.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely that's happened. You just watched that Charmander <laughs> episode over and over No! We don't talk about that one. It's too sad. Uh, no, definitely I, like still found it kind of comforting, but then I like got older and I was like, okay, this is actually a pretty crappy show. I like Neon Genesis Evangelion now. Oh, That's real anime. Fucking edgelord. <laughs> <laughs> Evangelion's actually really good. It is, Do but... not start with me right now. Anyway, but also I Digimon. like Serial Experiments Lane. Yeah, I'm watching that
3: Fuck. Don't.
2: Oh my god. But then I watched um, Satoshi Kon's Paranoia and I knew better.
0: (laughs) Fuck, that Um, was my middle school show that I loved because I was a little asshole. These are all good shows. It was a good show. These are
2: all reads as well. But I
0: liked it because I was fake deep. Yes.
2: Um, But really it's just that I was like, I love Digimon too. And I was pretty much like, yo, Pokemon's a good game. Digimon's a good show. And so I was like, okay, mm. gotta stick to that dichotomy, screw Pokemon.
3: Um,
2: but then, yeah, I started re-watching it very recently. And sometimes, like, I have to write something that will, like, require me to go find a screen grab or something. Like, maybe just of a single specific Pokemon. And then I'll start watching, like, the episode a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, this is cute. But really, it was the Twitch marathon. And I was like, this is a good-ass show. They are good friends. There is character building. There is world building. There is a plot that is very good. So, um, but the reason I really, really am like into it right now is we have Pokegon coming up. Just a little teaser. Uh, We're going to have a little Pokemon theme week on Polygon very shortly, um, which I'm basically kind of running because Pokemon and (laughs) we have one story that's like the top best episodes of the Pokemon anime and it was surprising me how much I remembered them so well, not to Gemma's level of like every single part, but like this list I was like, oh yeah, there's that one scene. Oh, there's that one line. Oh, I remember this one character was in this episode. And it just like brought all the good memories of the show flooding back Um, and, It was just like. Did a freelancer do the list? No, it was actually our good, our good friend Patrana. Oh yeah, okay,
0: that's so cool.
2: Yeah, so literally, I was like, I just remember this being a really fun show, and took me back to yeah, those good old days of watching anime with filler and not being mad about that. (laughs) Oh Oh, god,
1: I definitely remember every episode where a Gen One Pokemon was introduced for the first time, where it's like, and this is where we meet Jigglypuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are always fun. Yeah. I or love they're those. like far fetched or something. Like those are yeah, I remember those very specifically. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, they had a lot of material to work with there cuz you're introducing like what? 150 Pokémon. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and they've all got problems that you need to help them <laughs> they with. They do. Sometimes I say, they are
2: your problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. I have to say, want my one qualm is Pikachu? and Ash have a really fucked up codependent relationship. It's mostly Ash's fault. But the most recent episode I watched was um, when he fights Lieutenant Surge, the electric gym leader. And Lieutenant Surge has one Pokemon, Raichu. His is amazing. He like Will mouth what lieutenants are just saying, and they both wag their fingers and say it's really cute. Uh, but, you want to talk <laughs> about codependence. It's really amazing. But then, so he's like, okay, Ash, like ready to battle. And then Ash is just like, okay, go Pikachu. Why would you send a Pikachu up against a Raichu? Why would you send another Electro Pokemon up against a Raichu? And then, of course, Pikachu freaking dies. I was so mad. It's like, Why, are you stupid? Way to spoil the He's
0: man. never played a Pokemon <laughs> game before. He doesn't know. <laughs> I mean, he is
2: stupid. He's 10. That's not how it ends. Don't worry. No real spoilers. but
0: Can, Is it conceivable that a Pikachu could be stronger than a Raichu if the Pikachu trained really hard? Yes.
1: Well, didn't P- this Pikachu particularly refuse to evolve? Yes, that was a whole plot point where right? they oh, had the yes. Thunderstone
0: and everything but he didn't want to evolve
1: because he's Ash's way Pikachu way too much about this show yeah.
2: the thing about Pikachu is he's a little freaking damn ass bench <laughs> and <laughs> I love him he's real cute but he freaking damn ass bench so just saying Ash is way too freaking indulgent of this Pikachu but other than that it's a wonderful show <laughs>
0: <laughs> this email is from Stephen Howdy, Polygon Show. As a kid, I was a huge fan of the Toon Disney show, The Weekenders, because the main character was a child of divorced parents, and it was nice being able to relate to that experience on TV. The reason my voice did that thing is because I was like pumping my hand divorced as a child of
1: divorced parents. We're all children
0: of divorced parents here. Inside, nice. we're all children of divorced parents. Recently, a few, a few clips of the show went around on Tumblr, and I was surprised at how the writing was so sharp and how it holds up 15 years later. It combines witty humor above the level I usually expect for a children's cartoon while still tackling issues early adolescent kids face that aren't explored in many other shows. For example, media impact on self-image, challenging gender roles, and non-traditional family dynamics. I'm glad I got to experience it as a kid and really enjoy picking up on more of that sharp wit, cultural references, and societal commentary in it now that probably went way over my head as a seven-year-old. Are there any cartoons that y'all have rewatched as an adult that you found new appreciation for since watching as a kid? Always living for the weekend, Stephen. <sighs> oh my God, Allegra, You want to? Do you want to talk about the Weekenders a bit? Since clearly you, you have some feelings. Yeah, I've never seen the show, and I really oh, want to hear oh more. Oh my about
2: God, it. the Weekenders is so good, you guys. Jalani's <laughs> freaking out in there, too. It is such a good show. And I totally... Stephen. yes. Hold I, up. I've
0: also seen this show and loved this it show. It was so
2: good. It was so funny. And it was one of those shows where, like, yeah, I watched it when it was on and I was little. And then it was in reruns on, like, Toon Disney when I was in middle school or mm-hmm. early high school, like, maybe 13. And... I was like, this is still so freaking funny. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just such a really funny, well-written show. The characters are so well-developed. Like, Tino, he's the main character with the divorced parents. Like, his relationship with his mom is just so genuine, but, like, so quirky, cartoony. Mm -hmm. But it, it really does, like... Everything feels so honest and sincere, and it's never like telegraphing like, oh, now he's gonna be sad today because his dad doesn't live with him. Like, no, it's just like, you know, these people have been existing and this is just their realities. Like she just has a lot of brothers, and he's just really, really into shoes. And he <laughs> has <laughs> and he We've you know, all been there. Has divorced parents and then she has immigrant parents. Like, that's just their lives. And it's just so fun and so smart and everyone is like witty without it being like winking or precocious. Ugh, that's a wonderful show. Ugh. Well, how do I, you even watch that anymore? I don't know. I'm going to find out. Yeah. Man. I wish I
1: I know, I wish that I don't think I think this came out after I was now that I'm old. I I don't know how to say that. Uh, but yeah, I'm sad that I didn't see this because it sounds like it would have been my jam. I l- think you
2: would still like it. It's really All
1: good. right, let's
0: go watch it. It looks like, and don't tell anyone, but some people may have uploaded full episodes to YouTube. <gasps> I, I can't watch them right now, obviously, because I'm recording this podcast for you so guys. hold your computer up So, Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just play it. The rest of this episode will be devoted to me playing an episode of The Weekenders on YouTube. <laughs> Through but a no. microphone, it'll be fine. <laughs> Shows that hold the hell up. Uh, I, as a kid, found a weird-ass show on the Disney Channel called Fillmore. Yes, which I have probably talked about before because it's the greatest show of all time. Essentially, it was about the safety patrol in a middle school called X Middle School. And the safety patrol was basically, they would be hall monitors in real life, but in the show, the safety patrol was like detectives. And the whole show is a parody of film noir and crime stories, basically, where these middle school safety patrollers are investigating crimes that have clear analogs to, like, money laundering, gambling, drug dealing, except instead it's, like uh they're selling illegal candy like candy that they stole from a vending machine and they have to catch the like kingpin of the candy
1: smuggling ring it is so good it's so good <laughs> whoa I want to I absolutely this sounds amazing it's it really is good incredible
0: and see I'm not sure like I loved it as a kid. Um, I can't remember what exactly I loved about it because when I went back and watched it as an adult, I was like, holy shit, I didn't get any of this as a kid because I hadn't read freaking Raymond Chandler when I was 12 and now I have. And I'm like, oh my God. The first episode is literally play by play. It is Silence of the Lambs <laughs> in middle school with a graffiti artist instead of a cannibal. And there's a scene where... um they go to see him. He he can't be in normal classes anymore because he does too much graffiti. So he has to go to class in this like locked padded cell and he can't have writing implements. And they go to interview him because there's another graffiti artist and they're like, well, we need an expert to catch this, this, uh, this criminal. So they go interview him and they have to like... <laughs> be searched so that they don't have any pencils because if he gets his hands on one single writing implement oh anything could go wrong so How the hell are, like kids are too smart this is too good it, it was too good it was too good for its time and they have never put it out as far as i know on dvd in any way that like i can access it i think that there might be dvds but they're super expensive um it's a it's a freaking perfect show, and everyone should watch it. I'm gonna. I want to find this also probably
1: on YouTube. This sounds amazing. Yeah,
0: it's it really might not fun. be on YouTube, but it was on certain websites. <laughs> oh, okay. Perhaps websites with names like WatchCartoonOnline.com
1: <laughs> oh. and configurations thereof. Yeah. So okay. it's out there. All right. Um, no, I absolutely. This sounds like very smart. I yeah. think my. I have a bunch of answers for this, but tell me. Uh, The Critic is actually a really good one because that was on on Comedy Central when Comedy Central was really bad but had a lot of stuff going on. It was a Fox cartoon that was syndicated on Comedy Central starring John Lovitz, of all people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Wait, can I just say I was talking to my dad. This is so tangential, but it's about John Lovitz. I was talking to my dad about Ronan Farrow because I was looking up Ronan Farrow because he's beautiful I'm like, why not? And I saw that he's been dating John Lovitz, who was Obama's, like, comedy, like, joke writer, which was a thing. And And I told my dad, I was like, hey, did you know that Ronan Farrow's, like, dating John Lovett. And my dad was like, ew. I was like, what do you mean, ew? And he was like, John Lovett? <laughs> oh no. So scandalized. Anyway, please continue. This
1: show was just incredibly, like, it was a, 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 like, shitty, like, network TV film critic. He always, like, wanted to be, you know, Siskel and Ebert on this stuff. And, but he was, and he had, like, terrible self-image and stuff. But it was very, very, good commentary on the entertainment industry and and a lot of like made a lot of jokes that maybe don't hold up like are feel dated because a lot of them involve George Bush Sr. <laughs> and stuff. Like <laughs> but, wow. Like that's how old the show is. But it is uh it's still really funny and has a lot of like really, really well written lines. Like I rewatched it recently and found the DVDs and was like, this show is great. Um and if, I don't think I think it only had like two seasons on Fox but was extremely funny uh, I've
0: never heard of this wow this show is yeah gr- yeah.
1: The show is really uh, just like really nice commentary on like you know how the entertainment industry like manufactures sequels how they treat Hollywood stars just like lots of stuff like that but also like you know jokes about farts as well because it's a cartoon
2: you that's, gotta have one <laughs> that's gotta a good show like I've always meant to watch because it's by um, two of the best showrunners from The Simpsons. Yes. They mm -hmm. left to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, also the main character guest stars in a really good episode of the Simpsons, that's the star Burns. That's
1: such a good episode. Yeah.
2: So I always was like, okay, there's really no reason why I shouldn't watch this show. Except you said you have the DVD. I do. I will loan you. the DVD. Yeah. Cause I never was able to find it ever. So this I've w- never seen it.
1: Yeah. This is one of those things where I'm like, I used to buy more DVD box sets of random things. And then I stopped because people don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I should I I had the urge to purge them and now I'm like I should not because there are definitely things that just continue to disappear from streaming services there
0: are some things that are cult enough that you have to hang on to them like they're your life (laughs) (laughs) my life well we're gonna get back to more cartoons and emails in just a moment but first we're going to have a brief Advertiser segment from Microsoft Azure, so stay tuned to hear about the smart and surprising ways that Azure is using machine learning across industries.
3: We need to increase the world's food production by 70%. How are we going to get this increased food production? That's Ranveer Chandra, a researcher at Microsoft who has a solution to this dilemma he's using intelligent data, like machine learning and AI, to supercharge agriculture. The program is called FarmBeats. What we mean by data-driven agriculture is the ability to map every farm in the world with data. For example, what is the soil moisture level? What's the soil nutrient level? How the plants are doing? What's the pest distribution? That way, farmers can make smarter decisions. So FarmBeats gave farmers drones and sensors and a way to connect their farms in the middle of nowhere to the internet, using some of the cloud solutions offered through Microsoft Azure. My name is Sean Stratman, and I have my own small farm called Dancing Crow Farm. We grow tomatillos, cherry tomatoes. Sean has been using FarmBeats to improve the productivity of his farm. In his case, sensors let him water crops without the guesswork with this last bit of data that we were analyzing and knowing that I don't need to add additional water. um, We're in a hot, dry part of our season right now and every drop of water counts. Farmers essentially will be able to map what their land is, understand what's going on above the soil and under the soil with the roots and with their crops, and take a decision all the way from seeding to harvest based on data. Imagine a world where everyone can achieve more by making the smartest decision possible. Learn more about intelligent data with Azure. Start free at azure.com slash trial, A-Z-U-R-E dot slash trial.
0: Polygon Show is also brought to you by Quip. Quip is an electric toothbrush that is just a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help you clean your teeth. It also has a built-in timer to help you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. Ashley, are you enjoying having healthy teeth? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I'm, I'm happy
1: for you. Good. Good. My teeth are happy.
0: (laughs) Your teeth are happy for you. I'm happy for you. Quip is probably happy for you, too. Quip's subscription plans are for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror or your wall, in my example, and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth. I love this travel cover, by the way. I used it uh, when I went wherever the heck I went on my last trip. I honestly don't remember, but I remember. No, it was L.A. It was L.A. for E3. Uh, and it's like this really long, slender travel case that just like popped right into my suitcase, uh, and I felt very I felt like I was saving space when I used it. So I, I super enjoy that. Have you guys use that one yet
1: yes it looks like a big test tube it does look I like really a big like test
0: it. tube yeah. Yeah.
2: i haven't used it but i look at it
0: yeah quip is backed by a network of over twenty thousand dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use quip every day quip starts at just 25 dollars, and if you go to get quip.com polygon right now you'll get your first refill pack free with a quip electric toothbrush That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash polygon. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash polygon. Now let's get back to the show. Thank you so much, Microsoft Azure. Let's get back to talking about cartoons. This one is from Jazz. Hello, lovely Polygon ladies. Courage the Cowardly Dog remains one of my all-time favorite cartoons. As a child who is afraid of everything, capital E everything, the dark, outside, being alone, strangers, even Michael Jackson's thriller video, (laughs) it seems odd that I was so drawn to what I've discovered as one of the series that scared off nearly everyone, child or adult, when it aired. A lot of people I know refused to watch it, either because it was too weird or too scary. I adored Courage as a kid. I saw a lot of myself in him. He was absolutely terrified of everything, constantly, but every episode he always managed to pull through to save the family he loves. Whether I consciously understood it at that age or not, Courage was a huge inspiration for me. I rewatched the series in my senior year of college, at a time in my life where things were very scary for me. I was very uncertain of my future after graduation, having realized that I, one, hadn't taken any steps toward trying to get a job in either of my fields of study, and two, more than likely had both depression and anxiety, and both were actively working against me. Courage came back to me at just the right time and helped me in a way I didn't expect. Watching that little pink dog muster up every cell of courage in his body to save the day was always uplifting. He worked through his fears and always pushed forward. Even when he failed, he tried again until something worked, even if it wasn't the way he was expecting it to. I especially remember getting choked up rewatching the last episode, Perfect, where Courage learns that it's okay to not be what others expect of you, and that people's imperfections are what make them great. Courage helped give me the strength to move forward, even if I was terrified of what would come next. Also, there was the episode where the cat lesbian eloped with the bisexual bunny after Courage helped the latter escape from her abusive boyfriend. So Courage is a true LGBT ally. <laughs> Thank you always for putting a smile on my face. Heart jazz. This is a very good email, and I included it because I I posted in our Slack channel, does anyone have feelings about Courage the Cowardly Dog? And we were all like... No, we didn't watch it because we were too
1: scared. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember the episodes always didn't feel like they were going anywhere. I don't remember. But it did have a lot of. They do always
0: go somewhere. They go somewhere horrible. Horrible. Mm -hmm. And also had
1: like a lot. Didn't it have weird like close ups too that Mm -hmm. were like very creepy?
0: Well, it was Mm -hmm. like it was a Cartoon Network show, right? Yes. At that era of Cat, Dog and Ed, Ed and Eddie and all those other shows that. Yes. Yes. I didn't watch because I was a giant baby.
2: (laughs) There was this one episode of Courage and this just like exemplifies how creepy it is to me about this tree that would like talk and kind of like warn Courage about like things that were going to happen and had a human face, like literally like a live (sighs) action human face. That's cool. It was very scary. It was very scary, that show was scary but I appreciate... Um,
0: oh, it does have a cool face. No, it's horrible. It looks like Thanos. Face.
2: Oh, that's that's weird. <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment of like, here's a thing that you enjoyed, and then at a difficult time, you go back to that thing that you enjoyed at an easier time or when you are younger and still finding mm-hmm. that enjoyment out of it.
0: And I think it's really cool because I, there's a lot of... I, I think it's really cool that it was a kids' show And it was so dark and this kind of shows that sometimes like sometimes kids who are scared of things don't want to be and shouldn't be exposed to things like that. But sometimes that can actually be helpful and can be reassuring like we all respond to our fears in different ways. And sometimes dark media is the thing that helps us confront that or feel better about that. And I think that. I, I love this story because I think it's a it's a great example of how something that like I found gross and scary as a kid helped someone <laughs> who from the sound of your email jazz was not so very different for me in terms of being afraid of a lot of things mm-hmm. which I
1: still am.
2: Yes yes us too I would assume yeah and we're all scared
1: life is scary. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, I I say this having
0: like I'm reading a lot of Agatha Christie murder mysteries right now and every time I'm like oh I'm going to stay up late and finish this book every single goddamn time I do that I end up too scared to sleep because I'm like man everyone's a murderer (laughs) I'm going to get murdered in my bed that never happens in Agatha Christie it's always like a house party and I'm not at a house party I'm just alone in my apartment Mm. I'm not going to get murdered there, unless I do. Anyway, (laughs) let's have another email. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. It's a whole thing, Chelsea. I'll talk about it with my therapist tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Polygon Show. (laughs) This isn't so much a rewatch as a finally finishing, but... I made an effort to catch up with Adventure Time as the series ended recently, spurred mostly by wanting to see that bubbling kiss baby Ah! me wanted so badly. So good. And it hit me surprisingly hard. I hadn't watched an episode in about five years, but Adventure Time was a huge part of my 13-year-old life. It was a shared joy between me and a friend that brought us closer when we were both going through rough, lonely patches. We'd watch episodes at the same time and live blog our reactions through Facebook. We privately admitted our gay crushes on Marceline to each other. We bought matching Adventure Time wristbands that said homies help homies. And we both have them to this day, nine years later. Catching up to the finale and hearing the song, the Adventure Time theme song sung by tiny little BMO trying to protect Jake emotionally decimated me. This series grew up with me and brought one of the best most fulfilling relationships into my life. Listening to that song and thinking not about the good times I've had with my best friend, but the terrible times we supported each other through felt like a kind of validation I didn't know that I needed. The message of hope and acceptance in the face of things ending was really poignant and comfortable. It packed the emotional punches that I prepared myself for and left me crying, but in that good, sexy, cathartic way. <laughs> it was a good ending befitting of a good series, and I couldn't have wished for a better ending. Snarto from the UK. Thank you so much. I I, I am also super excited about Bubbling, so for one, good. even though I have not finished the Adventure Time series yet, but I, I, I feel like, and I'm, I'm not going to say anything else about the finale. I feel like we all know that. Bubbling becomes yes. canon in it, and I'm gonna treat that as not a spoiler because it's been literally all over the internet, um, including Polygon.com. Including Poly- Polygon.com. Thank you. <laughs> that it's another series that I really, really want to catch up on. Yeah, and I love the way that it's like also a dark and creepy show, right? It's it's.
1: Man, there's so much like weird subtext about the world that that they live in, and you're just like, "What is going on here?" It's it's very subversive. It like looks so bubbly and sweet, and is not. I think I've only watched the first four seasons though, so I'm Mm -hmm. also way behind.
2: Yeah, that was one of those shows that I tried to like keep up with very diligently. That and Steven Universe. And then when you fall off on things like that, especially when they air like the 22 minute holes in like. 11 minute halves every mm. week so then it just feels like you have more episodes to watch it goes you know? yeah it's just like okay you missed one week and then suddenly you come back and it's like I have 14 episodes to catch up on it all also, of a sudden
1: it doesn't feel like they're on a regular schedule
2: so yeah, it's hard not. to be like
0: <laughs> yep I'm on top of this show yeah you can never be on top it makes me wonder because uh, as a kid, of course, I never tracked like the airing of seasons of cartoons. I just watched them when they were on and I knew when they were on. It makes me wonder like if they were always like this or if they were like, like the Steven Universe model of dropping a shit ton of new episodes on what feels to me as a viewer like a totally random schedule. Or if they ever had a more regular thing. But that's not anything that we know anything about. So
1: I'm gonna rescind my question. (laughs) I mean, they really, no, but I mean, they must have had seasons, but we just, we never like paid attention to seasons starting or ending, it feels Mm -hmm. like. I'm trying to think of like the Nicktoons that I watched and I've never, it'd be like, oh, there is a new episode this Friday but not, mm-hmm. it would not, like, I'd never know. It was like the season finale yeah. of yeah. Rocco's Modern Life.
0: And if it was an older episode, you were just like,
1: okay, I'll watch it anyway. I will, because I have no life, because I'm, I'm eight. Child.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's really cool about Adventure Time, I think, we are constantly wanting more LGBT characters on TV, and especially in cartoons, and we're doing better on that now than ever. Obviously still not perfect, but better than ever. But Adventure Time comes from an era when that was just so unheard of. And this is something we've been talking about a lot in the um, our uh, Queer Vox Club, or the Queer ERG, Employee Resource Group here at Vox, uh, is just that trajectory. Because I remember when... Marceline and Bubblegum like when they first when it was first revealed that they had that backstory and then the actress said that it was canon and then they basically made her recant that yeah and that was just like a few years ago Mm -hmm. and I remember paired with this anecdote in my mind is always um Alex Hirsch who did Gravity Falls has a quote about an episode where like there's a montage of people kissing and falling in love and in that montage they had included two women kissing along with all the other couples and the network disney forced him to take that out and basically said if you don't take this out this episode won't air and again that was like three four years ago so the fact that we now like in the adventure time finale and in Steven universe <laughs> have so many queer couples and in Voltron too, like it is incredible how fast things have moved. And it makes me so, so happy to, I guess, have that closure for Marceline and bubblegum, especially because that's like the OG, like adventure time is where these create, like that's where Rebecca sugar comes from. That's where so many of these creators come from. It was the first of a generation of like new weird cartoons.
2: Um, so it's it's really cool that it had that closure. I don't know why I got like very emotional while you were talking about that. <laughs> Yay! But like Aww. I feel like that's something I've been thinking about a lot and have tried to articulate, but I think you articulated that very well. Mm-hmm. Like Adventure Time was really it heralded in this really interesting, exciting era of animation. And I interviewed um, the executive producer, Adam Mutter like right before the finale aired. Um, and I brought up that point. I was like, you know, Adventure Time really was influential on a lot of these shows. And especially with the LGBT representation, like Marceline Bubblegum very explicitly, you know, yeah. um, are queer. And, you know, how how do you feel about having been sort of the vanguard there? And he was very much, like, dismissive. He was like, I don't know. It's not a huge deal. Like, Rebecca Sugar and Steven Universe really took care of that. But as you said exactly, like, Mm -hmm. Rebecca Sugar came from Adventure Time. And Adventure Time very slowly was able to push open that door when things like Mm -hmm. Gravity Falls weren't able to. And I remember, like... Um, Clarence, I think it was on Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that when they had the two guys? Yeah, I think like, like
0: one of the kids has gay
2: dads. Yeah, and so that was like a watershed moment. I remember there were like so many news articles about that, and mm-hmm. that was also only a couple years ago, and like just the idea of like oh, there are gay people in this cartoon? Mm -hmm. Like that being so revolutionary and now we're at the point where like Marceline and Bubblegum, you know, there's Bubblegum and (laughs) Steven Universe is the gayest cartoon ever or whatever, you know? Like Mm -hmm. it's so awesome to see how long it took but also if you think about it in the grand scheme of things how quickly from just like adventure time starting to now mm-hmm. yeah
1: from, from its 10 years like a trickle to a waterfall very quickly yeah exactly basically.
0: yeah that's a good way of putting it I, I think it's it's also a great example of like when we when we get frustrated and angry that change isn't happening faster it is really not necessarily the fault of the creators who like we can see all along with these specific examples have been actively fighting with network with studios to make the things, to, to just have, like, the, the merest sliver in the case of Gravity Falls. And they did actually, in the finale of Gravity Falls, end up, um, I think, kind of sideways confirming that the two cops are a couple, a gay couple. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's, like, the, the actors want it, the writers want it, the showrunners do too. It's not really – they're not, I think, the people that we should be getting mad at when things don't go the Mm -hmm. way that we want them to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really glad that Adventure Time worked out this way. What I was going to talk about was series that grew up with you Um, because that seemed to be kind of the theme of this. And I was going to talk about Avatar and how I recently watched The Dragon Prince.
2: And I have – uh, I feel old, you guys. Yeah, I really am curious because some people say it's freaking amazing. And then I read this, like, you know, conversational review where one of the reviewers loved it and the other one.
0: You mean the Kotaku review? I didn't want to
2: say the name. <laughs> I didn't want to. Just it was a conversational review somewhere on some website. It wasn't a bad review. I think you <laughs> no, can say it. It was good. And I love Kotaku. It was Heather and Cecilia. Mm-hmm. And Heather loved it. And. Cecilia, it was really interesting, really, really, really hated it. And her talking about that, it was like what you were saying before, made me think like, well, it's probably not worth watching. Because this one person says it's trash. (laughs) So uh, you got to be the
0: tiebreaker. One negative is worth a thousand positives. So I want to be very, very clear here. Um, What I'm about to say is not, I'm not speaking as an adult who is mad that children's cartoons aren't for her. I'm speaking as an adult who is upset because I love children's cartoons or I thought I did, but I didn't ever manage to get into this one. And I think that's a problem with me, not with the show. It's a problem with me. Um, But for me, The Dragon Prince, uh, which is the new Netflix uh, original from the writers of Avatar The Last Airbender, it never fell into a rhythm where I could enjoy it. And it does a lot of things really well. Like as far as diversity of the characters, it's great. I think the world building is really cool, and I think the designs are super cool. Um, and there are elements of the story that I love, like this kind of <laughs> this kind of structure of it. Not not structure is not the right word, but this the implications of the story I love, but the actual, like, how they are telling the story, I just ended up kind of frustrated and bored for most of it, which was super disappointing, because, of course, I love Avatar The Last Airbender. So I went back, and I had to rewatch the first episode of Avatar today to make sure, because I know a lot of people, like, the first season of that show is super rough. So people say... I haven't watched it in a few years. So I was like, okay, is it as rough as people are saying it was? People are saying, like, just give the Dragon chance, dragon Prince a chance. Wait for it to, like, mature, which I agree. But I did go back and I watched the first episode of Avatar today. And whether it's nostalgia or whether it's writing, I really liked the first episode of Avatar. And then I went and I rewatched the first episode of The Dragon Prince. And I feel like there's just kind of, like, a pacing issue For me, where within the first episode of Avatar, like, it very, very neatly sets up a lot of things. And the first episode of the – and it ends on this, like, huge cliffhanger of Zuko realizing he has found the Avatar, the last airbender, and saying, I'm going to go to that village where we know like this is like a tiny village of mostly children established earlier in the episode. I'm going to go there and I'm going to find that guy and I'm I'm scary. I'm really scary. You don't know that I'm going to have a big character development mm-hmm. later in the series right now. I just look super evil and I'm mean to my uncle and I'm going to go probably like light everyone on fire. Surprise. So it has a very powerful ending and the first episode of The Dragon Prince just doesn't have that same sort of like neat arc that makes you want to continue watching the rest of the show of course I did watch the entire show and I, I still feel like it was just so uneven and I'm mad at myself because I really want to like it
1: I don't think that this is about your age I don't know I'm just saying it like, might be I don't want to say that it's a bad show I, I get that you're trying to apologize for it but I'm just saying like I don't know. I just wonder if there's some weird common thread between Netflix originals because I tried to watch Disenchanted and also hated it. And I
2: love, love, love Futurama. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like I feel like it might be a Netflix problem. Yeah, like
1: it's someone's someone's just greenlighting everything and not giving them enough editorial feedback or something.
2: (laughs) Yes, um, I had that same problem with Disenchantment. But also to your point of like how Avatar had a really great setup at the end like, it's it was a week-to-week show. I think they showed the first two episodes back-to-back, but, like, it was a weekly kind of show serialized like that. And then Netflix, you know, released all of the Dragon Prince at once. And you see that a lot with a lot of Netflix shows where the pacing is just not great because they kind mm. of anticipate you're just going to watch them all in a row.
1: Yeah. Yes, I'm waving right? my arm because you are absolutely <laughs> right. Like, the pacing in Netflix shows is sometimes off because they don't think about weekly breaks or commercial breaks or anything. Mm. In some ways, that's really freeing. Mm-hmm. Like the Castlevania anime was both good and bad for those reasons. Yeah, uh, but like I don't know, it just su- it's it's bad here. Maybe <laughs> it just. Yeah. Su- mm. Mm.
0: <clears throat> I think somebody else pointed out. I, I think this might have been Cecilia and Heather actually in their uh, review that the first season is only something like nine episodes. Which is something like half of what a regular season of a cartoon would be. So they they cover a lot of ground in those nine episodes, and they're doing a lot of work to sort of lay out the story for you. But yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to hear uh, listeners' uh, thoughts on the Dragon Prince because it was. I, I I know a lot of people who just loved it, and. It did not manage to get to get me, unfortunately, in its nine episode for a season run.
2: <laughs>
0: also, I fucking hate the animation. I'm sorry. It's that's really unrelated, ugly. though. That's that's fine, though. It's <laughs> ugly as hell.
2: Honestly, that's like one of the most important things to
1: me. <sighs> I uh, I mean, I just think that we're in this weird age of media, though, mm-hmm. right? Where clearly, like, the old formats are dead, are dying, and that's in some ways fine, but like we haven't figured out the new ones entirely to how mm-hmm. to make things flow through them. Yeah. And I want to mention
0: I I wanted to mention this. Like part of the the charm of Avatar or the, part, one of the greatest things about Avatar was how it did develop over its three seasons and like first season is a lot more kiddie than say season 3. Mm. So in that regard I do hold out hope for the dragon prince because i assume that like avatar it will continue to develop and kind of age up with its audience um but w- i don't know how fast they're going to be producing it and avatar like aged up because it took for- forever mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. it started airing i think when i was in high school
2: middle school middle
0: middle school and it ended yeah. when i was in high school so i had grown up a lot it had grown up a lot
1: this is, I mean, also weird is that we will never know how many people watch it on Netflix so we'll never know True. how well it's doing. And yeah. that like that's kind of a weird thing where it's like we have no idea what metric for success a show needs to have mm-hmm. for Netflix to renew it. So, like, what if the show's in jeopardy or what if it's doing fine? We don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, let us know your thoughts on all the cartoons Uh, If you email polygonshow at Polygon dot com, we will see your thoughts and maybe we'll read them. So one thing I propose to you guys uh, as we were planning this episode, because we got so many emails. Um, I I know I only read four of them, but I have a ton in reserve. I would love for this to be like a bi monthly thing where we just do a cartoon
1: episode because it feels like a
0: good palate cleanser to me. So I can talk
2: about cartoons for a whole podcast. Apparently, apparently we We love cartoons. And
1: also, I like that there's enough get like gap knowledge where because I'm a little older than y'all, I know cartoons things. No, that wasn't what I was saying. I was saying I've seen stuff that you haven't seen, and you guys have seen stuff I haven't seen, and so that we can Mm -hmm. both talk Mm -hmm. about different things. Yeah. And when Ashley's back, Ashley
0: will have seen other things that we none of us have seen. It's very exciting. So if you guys are into that, let us know. Um, I'm very into it, so I hope that you are too. Uh, Again, email polygonshow at polygon.com. Next week will be the JRPG episode for real. I thought it was Pokemon. No, it's Pokemon. Sorry. Next week is Pokemon. (laughs) Pokemon to JRPG. True. So I am holding your JRPG emails safe in a vault where no one can steal them. But in the meantime... As Leger said earlier, it's PokéGon Week on Polygon.com. We'll be publishing a ton of stuff about Pokémon all week long. And this podcast will also be about Pokémon. So email, email us your best Pokémon stories. And we'll be bringing our best Pokémon stories as well to Polygon Show at Polygon.com. I whispered. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Ugh. Okay. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you liked the show, please give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, like all your cool friends are doing. They told me about it. They told me that they were reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. Um, your, your coolest friends that you admire the most told me that. So, you know, you want to be like them. Um, let them know. Cool. Okay. Thank you so much, everyone. This has been The Polygon Show. Before we go, here's a quick message about Microsoft Azure. Keeping up with your competition is important. Taking the lead with unmatched innovation? That's impressive. Set yourself up to achieve more by running your apps on Microsoft Azure. Clear the way for unparalleled productivity with end-to-end development and management tools. Fearlessly integrate cloud capabilities across your environment with the only consistent hybrid cloud. Build the next generation of smart apps, discover transformative insights through artificial intelligence and real-time data, and scale across more global regions than you'll get from any other cloud provider. Microsoft believes every business and every organization, small and large, old and new, has something to gain by reaching beyond the limits of an on-premises data center. That's why Azure is the cloud for all. What will you achieve when you come to the cloud? Start experimenting and find out. Get started with a free account and 12 months of intelligent services at azure.com slash trial. That's A-Z-U-R-E dot slash trial.